to For Good Measure, an interview series celebrating diverse composers and other creative artists, sponsored by the California Arts Council. I'm Nanette McGinnis, Artistic Executive Director of Ensemble for These Times. In this week's episode, we're joined by Erica Oba, who we spoke to in May 2022. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. You're a flutist and a pianist as well as a composer. What was the timeline for these for you in your musical journey? I started piano when I was about five years old, and then I picked up flute in the fifth grade. And I started composing sometime in middle school. And through middle school, high school, I played in you know youth orchestras on flute, and I was also playing in jazz ensembles. Um, and for my undergraduate, I studied jazz piano performance at Oberlin Conservatory. And then I did my graduate studies in composition at Mills College and uh, sort of came back to playing flute more seriously in my 20s, um, partially through the program at Mills. Well, I was composing, but I was also performing quite a bit in other people's projects. And uh, so now um, I, I try to do all three as much as I can. Any standout performance memories? Yes, yeah. I have um, several groups going right now. Um, one of my ensembles, um, I've had the good fortune of being able to continue even with the pandemic. Um, and yeah, I would say some standout on, uh, performances more recently would be that group. I've, I've been lucky enough to get to perform with them a couple times this fall. And uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more, um, I think, at a later point, but we have a con- uh, live stream of a show we just filmed coming up, and I was very happy with how that came out. How has your experience as a musician added to your compositional process? I feel like everything I do informs everything else I do. So, um, you know, on a pretty basic level, I feel like being a wind player has helped me write um, well, one for wind instruments a lot easier, but also just for like melodic instruments um, and playing piano, obviously. I mean, everything, you know, harmony, <laughs> arranging, just like thinking um, theoretically. And I, I feel like piano is just very, very useful for being a composer of any sort. Uh, and... As a jazz musician, um, I feel like having an improvisational background has really informed my compositional process uh, at, at every stage. Do you mostly compose at the piano, on the computer, or does it depend on the piece? I usually start at the piano. Um, occasionally I'll start on flute, uh, but I would say the vast majority of the time I start at the piano and then, um, you know, at a certain point in the process, uh, I might take it to the computer for notation reasons. And then that also becomes part of the process. You play both jazz and classical music. Do you compose both too? Are they competing compositional children or is the boundary fluid? Um, not really. I, I, I guess, um... I write for, I, I would say until fairly recently, the majority of my composing was for ensembles that I was in. So if that was like a chamber ensemble, I would be writing for whatever chamber group I was in. If I was playing in a more jazz-oriented ensemble, um, you know, that, that was more how that might, work might be oriented. Um, but I feel like the, uh, you know, the, the people that I'm working with tend to overlap in what they do as well. 
So I would say um, it's less a binary between like classically oriented music and jazz oriented music and more like uh, along the spectrum of improvised music, experimental music and through composed music. I mean, even when I'm writing for my chamber ensembles, if the performers are game, I'll, you know, often incorporate elements of improvisation. And, uh, you know, if if, um, if the jazz ensemble I'm in would be game, I might write something like, you know, like a little bit more through composed. So I feel like there's elements of both, regardless of what setting I'm writing for. I think I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by performers who are often, you know, game for anything and uh, willing to experiment or go outside of whatever their normal zones might be. Who are your major influences? I would say that my first major musical influence was Peter Applebaum, who's originally from the Bay Area and is now a New York-based artist, composer, saxophone player, multi-instrumentalist. Um, he, I met him when I was 12, and he was one of my first like serious music mentors. And uh, I remember going to see a live show of his at a very, you know, impressionable preteen age and just being like so blown away with the music that his ensemble was doing and getting so excited for the first time like thinking like oh like I might want to do this with my life like that feeling was great (laughs) this live music thing is amazing um and he's continued to be an influence on me like I, I I try to listen to everything he puts out and um I've gotten I've had the good fortune of getting to perform with him as an adult. He has a band that's based in New York, but sometimes comes out here and plays. And um, he's let me like sit in on some of his gigs with his band. Uh, and yeah, so in that way, I think he continues to influence me. And <clears throat> other musical influences, Myra, definitely. Like uh, some of, her, you know, like she's coming from a more experimental tradition, which like, uh, Actually, Peter is too. They they have some overlap in their mentorship. But um, when I met Myra, I hadn't done too much of like the experimental improvised side of jazz. And uh, she just opened up my world to, you know, that whole world. And uh, she's part of the reason why I ended up going to Mills because I was like, oh, well, like I like what Myra's doing. And like, I guess some people are doing and experimenting with that, you know, in this scene over here, and maybe I can expand what I'm doing that way. Um, so yeah, Myra's definitely musical influence. Um, and I guess like in terms of like, uh, conceptually artistically, um, the work of Fred Ho has had a big influence on me. Um, and, the work of, you know, all the other artists at Asian Improv Arts, like John Jang and Francis Wong. Um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, I, f- I didn't know about them growing up, even though I grew up in the Bay Area. So I, you know, I met Francis um, sometime in my 20s and became more familiar with his body of work and John Jang's body of work and Fred Ho's body of work and, um, you know, listened to their records and read a lot of um, Fred Ho's writings in particular that I think had a pretty big influence on, like, my thoughts on, oh, like, what am I doing here? And, like, what do, why am I doing this and why do I want to do this? Um, so, yeah, those are, those are some that I, th- I think continue to inform me. Bartok? <laughs> I listened to a lot of Bartok string quartets when I was working on mine. Um, and Charles Ives lately, I've been like interested in some of what he was doing and listening to some Charles Ives. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, I don't know if that, I don't know if either of those influences manifest like musically in my work, but like I have found them interesting to study. Thank you for listening to For Good Measure and a special thank you to our guest, Erica Oba, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the subscribe button and support us by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving us a rating and a review. To learn more about E4TT, our concert season online and in the Bay Area, or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit us at www.e4tt.org. This podcast is made possible in part by a grant from the California Arts Council and generous donors like you. Four Good Measures produced by Nanette McGinnis and Ensemble for These Times and designed by Brennan Stokes. With special thanks to audio engineer extraordinaire Stephanie Newman. Remember to keep supporting equity in the arts and tune in next week for Good Measure.